man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Actually had to file for bankruptcy after trying to build a new practice field for the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Nice. Late to work sports. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the second episode of Late to Work Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jonathan, and today I got two different guests on. The first guest, he was on last uh, week's episode, and that is Vince. Vince, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. And then our second guest, he's obviously a newbie to it. Uh, Unfortunately, he is a Carolina Panthers fan, but uh, that is Zach, not Zachary. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So this week we got a pretty good show uh, in store for everybody out there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, a little bit about the NFL, and then uh, we got some stuff out there to throw about uh, top 10 list that came out uh, on ESPN. So start out with, we'll go ahead and, and start out with the NBA. So one of the big things that's being talked about right now obviously we talked about a little bit on uh last week's podcast and that is kd and kyrie both wanting out of brooklyn right so there's been some talk right now of kyrie wanting to team back up with lebron and uh vince he could probably speak a little better on this but uh, there was a trade that i seen the other day and it was a one-for-one swap KD for LeBron. So, Vince, uh, what do you think about that trade? I'm the Lakers. I take that trade. Okay. Uh, the reason why I would take that trade is because I got Kevin Durant locked in for four more years, where LeBron, although he does finish his contract out, that doesn't guarantee that he's going to stay. In the long run, yeah, I would, I would definitely take that trade if they did one for one. Um, however... The Nets, they hold all the chips right now because, to be honest, they don't have to trade Kevin Durant. They own him for four four years. And I hate to say that word as in they own him, but he signed a contract, and he has to abide by it. Yeah, I mean, you uh, signed that dotted line, I mean. So that's my take on I don't I don't – I would hands down would take that because LeBron, once his son gets in the league, he plays one season and he's done. I've seen it today. Matter of fact, he's going into season 20, so that's pretty wild. Uh, Zach, what's your thought on that? I mean, if if you're in the Lakers' position right now, is that a trade you toss up? And if you're the Brooklyn Nets, who have been wanting the world for KD, is that something that you're willing to do? I mean, that, to me, seems like a less of a trade than what you've been asking for. But then again, he is arguably the best basketball player in the world right now. So what's your take on that, Zach? To be honest, I'd say no. Because LeBron's pushing up there in age, and Kevin Durant is almost, what, about four to six years younger? Somewhere around there, yeah. So, I mean, more along the lines, it'd probably be more like a LeBron James with, let's see, who's over there? Maybe like a LeBron, Horton Tucker, and maybe like a... 2025 or 2026 first round pick for Kevin Durant. Uh, the reason being is because when Russell Westbrook and LeBron were on the court together, I mean, it, it was two top tier guys trying to be on the same team together and it didn't work well. When Russell Westbrook was getting hot, LeBron couldn't push or do what he wanted to do, which caused the Lakers some disappointment. And then when LeBron got going, then Russell Westbrook wasn't doing anything. Nobody's going to trade for Russell Westbrook because nobody wants to sign that, what is about $47, $50 million contract that he has for this year. And it'd just be a pointless trade unless they get a little bit more for Kevin Durant because all in all last year, I mean, KD was pretty much a top five player. I mean, he averaged about 30 points a game, maybe seven, eight rebounds, about seven assists. He was... About 52, 53% from uh, field goals. Uh, His three-pointer was about 40%. His uh, free throws were somewhere in probably the 90s. He was just an all-out better player than 
LeBron was last year, so I'd, I'd have to say that they'd have to give up a little bit more for Kevin Durant. And to be honest, Kevin Durant also said in some of his post-interviews that uh, he kind of wants out of Brooklyn by any means necessary. So I could possibly see KD maybe doing the whole, like, not going to practice type ordeal, like Baker Mayfield, like a lot of these NFL players and some NBA players that if they're not getting what they want, they're just going to hold sit out. out until something changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happened for KD's honeymoon to go so bad in one year? I mean, one year you were ready to leave a team where he had won two rings with to go to a, it's not a newer franchise, but it's newer to Brooklyn. And then in one year, it has become so bad that you don't even want to talk to to the the office. I mean, I mean, what y'all's gentleman thoughts on it? I mean, how do you get to that bad of a level in a year? I mean, I didn't see this coming. Did, did either one of y'all see this? I mean, I, I did. I mean, you go all out for those three guys to make it the big three, but Kyrie has a lot of on and off the court issues. He he's a big mouth talker and stuff but ever since he left Cleveland because he said he can do it on his own Mm -hmm. he hasn't been to the championship one time LeBron's won what two or three after they separated what do you call Simmons and it's like well Ben Simmons ain't going to be playing this whole entire season what's the point of having him over here to wait till next season when we're already downgraded here where either me or Kyrie's leaving guaranteed Vince doesn't yeah, even I mean, think Ben Simmons is playing this year. What did you call Kyrie last uh, the other day when I talked to you? you know, with flat earther? Wasn't that it? Yeah, that flat earther, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, 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 I think for KD, I'm not knocking Kyrie Irving for not wanting to get the vaccine. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doubting him for that. But then when he said that it wasn't him not getting the vaccine wasn't the reason why he didn't get the vaccine. He was trying to speak for the people. Well, I don't need you to speak for me whether or not I need to get the vaccine. It's my choice, just like it's your choice to get it or not. However, if I work for a company and they pay me the amount of money that he's making, um, he's got to shoot me up, man. Uh, it, It just doesn't make any sense because what he ultimately thought he was doing and sticking up for people, he actually hurt the people that were on his team. Um, and then the whole James Harden debacle, you know how I feel about James Harden. I think he is the the quittingest player in the modern era. When things don't go his way, he leaves. Even more than Ben Simmons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you didn't watch any of the, the what was it, the last game of his uh... – Playoff series this year, he scored, what, four points in the first half and then didn't score any points in the second and had five turnovers? Yeah, hey, and I, here's an interesting stat here that you don't, you probably don't know about James Harden. He owns the record for most turnovers in a playoff game with 13. Well, since we're talking about playoff record, your boy uh, Jason Tatum had 100 turnovers in his playoff run this year. That's just a little fact that you can uh, – Putting your cap later when Boston fans start acting all crazy. He better not ever text Kobe again. <laughs> the top three teams is the Phoenix Suns, Miami Heat, and then the Lakers coming in as a quiet sleeper, pretty much just LeBron James dangling in front of their face. Um, Suns, they probably have to come off of Devin Booker. I don't see them giving much else up to no get way. KD. Tyler Hero probably draft picks for Miami to sit there and get that. But if you really look at it, if LeBron does go to the Nets, he reignites his career and Kyrie's career over there with Ben Simmons next year. That'd be a good uh, big three. But also looking at it, KD with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. It's a monster in itself, too. Yeah, so which way could you actually see it going? I can't see the Suns getting it. The Heat might be able to, but... I don't think so. So, uh, it was breaking news last night, but you probably didn't see it till this morning. DeAndre Ayton's... Um, oh, yeah. He, uh, Suns re-signed him, or they yeah. matched the matched four-year the deal or whatever, yep. so yep. he can't be traded till January. And, yeah, and, and Devin Booker can't be traded, period. As long as Ben Simmons is on the roster, 
he can't be traded because both of them have signed their rookies extensions. So I don't see him going to the Heat either. I think um, Mitchell from Utah will most likely end up in Miami. Um, I know the Knicks might be a big runner right now for that because he, he, he was raised in New York and he said he'd love to go back to the Knicks. Well, the Knicks offered six first-round draft picks and a couple of uh, role players, and Utah said no. That's a lot, though. That I mean, I feel like that's selling your soul, but yeah, I mean, they tried to sell their soul to Utah, and Utah said no. I I mean, this is going to be this over the next. Honestly, I'd say probably over the next at least two to three weeks. This is going to be a, a a developing story for sure. Um, as we continue to watch it, so, but um, I don't know. We'll see. But moving on to the NFL, let's go ahead and get uh, moving into that a little bit, so we can discuss some more stuff here. Uh, so, Zach, you have a new quarterback there, um, not officially a starter, obviously Baker Mayfield. But uh, this week, some comments came out from uh, Baker. Uh, he was asked about uh, Week One, right? So Week One. The Carolina Panthers will be playing the Cleveland Browns. So, and obviously Baker Mayfield was drafted by the Browns, had a uh, horrible breakup with them, and now he's in Carolina. Now, Carolina is if not officially named a starting quarterback, but Vince and I have kind of talked about this a little bit, and you can maybe give me some uh, insight as well. I think... To me, right, the the obvious choice for your starting quarterback going into week one is Baker Mayfield. Um, with Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and then the rookie they just picked up, it, it, to me, there's no... You don't put a rookie in to start out with when you have two-season quarterbacks, in my opinion, if you don't have to, right? You try to develop that rookie. I don't think... Matt is ready to be the starting quarterback of that team. But Sam Darnold has 54 touchdowns in his career and passing touchdowns, it is, and 52 interceptions. That's almost a one for one. Oh, and by the way, he has 29 fumbles. Last year for the Carolina Panthers, he had nine passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and nine fumbles. He doesn't even have a completion percentage of 60%. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, 92 passing touchdowns on his career, 56 interceptions. I mean, he almost has double the passing touchdowns and only a couple more interceptions. His completion percentage is 61.6. So, to me, the no-brainer is Baker Mayfield as the starter. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that, Zach? Do, is there any way Sam Darnold is going to be the starter? It all depends really on this new offense. Because it's another different offensive coordinator for him. Like over with the Jets when Sam Darnold was there. what a, He went through a few head coaches, went through a few offensive coordinators. And now he's over here. He started off with, uh, what's his name, that came from LSU. And we pretty much got rid of him like week five, week six, our offensive coordinator. And it really depends on who flourishes more during training camp, either Baker or Sam Darnold. I don't see Matt Corral. I, I see Matt Corral as more of a, a red shirt player this year. He, he's not going to go out there unless those two end up getting injured or they both just have a horrible go at it for the first half of the season. Because Matt Corral isn't ready for a pro offense. Not Ole Miss at all. was more of a quick, basic, fundamental football uh offense so Matt Corral's not completely ready for it I could see him possibly doing something his second year but Baker like you said he probably should be more of the starter because like you said I mean comparison touchdowns to interceptions 54 52 for Sam 92 56 for uh Baker Mayfield and they've only had about a 10 game difference uh for playing time but in all reality I mean if you really look at it, he's thrown for maybe another 5,000 more yards than Sam Darnold. He's, he did get to sit for a little bit behind Tyrod Taylor. So you got to live a little bit of benefit to Sam Darnold because he did come into one of the worst organizations offensively. Yep, that is and true. And had to start week one. 
for the Jets. And they never had an offensive line pretty much ever since he came into the league. So he was pretty much trying to do what he could to survive. Um, so really, it just depends on who flourishes during training camp during the offseason. But I can honestly, with the media and how mm-hmm. the money flows yep. in the NFL, uh, they'll get more revenue if Baker, because it's a home field game for the Panthers against uh, the Browns week one. So I can honestly say Baker Mayfield will probably start just so they can get more of that revenue coming in. It's going to put Carolina. fans in the seats. I mean, because I, I don't know if y'all seen, but uh, David Tepper actually had a file for bankruptcy after trying to build a new practice field for the Carolina Panthers. Wow. So I did not see that. I need to come in. So let me ask you, let me, let me, let me kick this question over to you, Vince, then and ask you, uh, and actually it's a two part question, right? So, um, real fast. And just to compare the quarterback rating, Baker's hitting like a 89.1 to Sam Darnold's 78.6. So it's, Pretty far fetched if Baker does not get the starting job. Yeah, and that's what I was going to kick over to uh, Vince here. Vince, let me ask you a question. Um, do you think so? Obviously, like Zach uh, hinted on earlier, Sam Darnold had to start Week One in, in a of his rookie year in in a very. I mean, I don't even know what you dumpster fire. I mean, what do yes, you dumpster fire? You had it right. I was about yeah. to say it. If you wasn't going to say it, it's I mean. Fire. W- he got drafted to a bad situation. Now, now Baker Mayfield was the number one overall draft pick to a losing organization, right? So, uh, just an organization that just a few years back uh, went 0-16. You know what I mean? So, um, how much of it... Now, Baker had weapons there, but OBJ, you know, Odell wasn't really uh, uh, the top-tier wide receiver we expected to see when he was with the New York Giants. Um, Landry, you know, he he was the man in Miami when he was down there playing for the Dolphins, but hasn't been the man since going to Cleveland. Austin Hooper crushed it with the Atlanta Falcons, not really crushing it with the Browns. But at the same time, they still have the skill set. So how much do you chalk up to Baker Mayfield just got dealt a slightly better hand then uh, Sam Darnold, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that plays in any factor, or do you just think that Baker just has more uh, knowledge, more skill set, more you know intangibles? He doesn't see ghosts like Sam Darnold said he was seeing. What are your thoughts? I was just looking back at what Baker Mayfield had in Oklahoma. I mean, he had, you know, his last year he had C.D. Lamb, and he also had Marquise Brown, right? So that's a a nice little setup there. That's a nice little setup, right? So, um, I mean, based off these stats, Marquise Brown was his number one receiver. He's always had weapons. Mm -hmm. However, comma, um, and this is just a personal opinion if I'm a coach, I like grit. I, I, I like someone that can play through the struggle and persevere, like you said, 0-16 team, right? Does that help lead the locker room a little bit? I mean, in my opinion. Yes, it does. It would for me. I'm following that dude, right? That guy, yo, we, we're down, you kick him, but he doesn't stay down. Yep. Uh, I, and I think for just that, if if we're, we're, if we're in a perfect world, let's say Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold's stats are the exact same, mm-hmm. I go with Baker Mayfield because he was – he was in the struggle and took a 0-16 team to the playoffs and won a game. He did win. He did win. And, and, and as a quarterback, that's what they ask you to do, right? That's it. Hey, win. Hey, the, what, what do we measure quarterbacks by more than anything else when we're talking about how good they were? It's wins. We measure wins. how many they win, how many Super Bowls, how many playoffs. Hey, no one cares Matt Ryan won an MVP. You can't make it through the playoffs and get the Super Bowl, Matt Ryan. That's all we want, right? So nobody cares what's your stats. Congratulations, you can throw 40-plus touchdowns, but you can't go deep in the playoffs. You choke, right? So that's all that really matters. So um, 
I just wanted to see what your thoughts on that were a little bit. Uh, now, since we're on the topic of quarterbacks, I guess that'd be a great time to transition into a quarterback that gets overcredited um, with skills. So, a lot of uh, talk this week about Lamar Jackson. So, I don't know if uh, both of you gentlemen have seen the news, but Lamar Jackson got into it with Pollard, the uh, safety for the Ravens, when they won the Super Bowl. And uh, it started off, Pollard was basically just saying, hey, I, I give the man his his due. He's a great athlete, a top 10 talent in the uh, NFL, but not a top 10 quarterback. Obviously, Lamar did not like that. Lamar has never been able to deal with people calling him a running back, not a quarterback. Hey, you're just a running back playing the, the quarterback position. So he went on to just blast Pollard, and it got a little personal. So the big thing to me, right, was he blasted, and we talked about his little events, and maybe you can kind of uh, speak on this a little bit, but he talked about how bad Pollard was in the Super Bowl that they won. Uh, But I remember you pulled up some stats as well. What's your thoughts on all that? I mean, I understood what Bernard Pollitt was trying to say. He's not discrediting him as an athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not really discrediting him as a quarterback, in my opinion. That's how I took it. I I don't think that he was discrediting him as a quarterback. He just said he needs to be better. And in, in this league, you show up and you put up. And that's, that's, that's that's all he's asking. I mean, yes, they, they, they said that he wasn't, he wasn't a traditional quarterback, right? So MVP season, got it. Okay, cool. He wins the MVP season. They say, well, you can't win a playoff game. Cool. He ends up winning one. He, it, in that sense, you're, you're getting better. As we stated before, uh, we, uh, quarterbacks are measured by wins, right? Mm-hmm. My problem with the whole situation was, is that if, if look, I'm okay with Lamar rebutting, but I'm not okay with the comments he made about Bernard uh, Pollard in, in reference to discrediting him as a uh, a safety in, in the NFL. Yeah, pretending I mean, like he didn't even know this man. Like that just lets me know right there. You obviously don't watch football. How do you not know this man? I mean, it's it's crazy to me because I you know I, I I've been doing a couple of numbers here. Um, Lamar Jackson was 16 years old when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Mm. He, was, he was 16. He was 16. So I, I started thinking back, and I was like, well, damn, what, what, what was I doing at 16? Like, what, what, was, I, was I looking at every single player, or was I just looking at the star players or whatever? I was looking at the star players. I, I absolutely was. But if you oh, go really? back and look at this, because Lamar Jackson said that uh, Bernard Paul had only had two tackles in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he wasn't the likes of Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. Well, you want to be technical about it. If we match Ed Reed's stats up against Bernard Pollard that season, that that playoff, uh-huh. that playoff run, yep. Bernard Pollard's uh, playoff run was better than Ed Reed's. Wow, really? It was be- yeah, it was better than Ed Reed's. Um, so let me pull my stats up here. So, so was it just a bad Super Bowl that he wanted to blast him about? Because here's the thing, right? I know he spoke on a game that Pollard did bad in, right? I just figured, obviously, when you pull up stats, right? You you look up stats. I look up stats. Zach looks up stats, right? When you pull up stats, it doesn't just show worst game Bernard Pollard ever had, right? It shows all their stats. So, at that point, that just lets me know that Lamar Jackson had to find the worst one to try to take a jab at him. So, in the spirit of that... I just wanted to give Lamar Jackson a nice little shout out for his wonderful game last year, and then I'll let you throw your facts out there, and uh, we'll we'll get some thoughts from Zach here. But Lamar Jackson's game last year against the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns won that game sixteen to ten, right? So it's a low scoring affair. Lamar Jackson threw for one touchdown, had four interceptions, zero rushing touchdowns. He had one hundred and sixty-five passing yards. On 20 completions, 
and he rushed 17 times for 68 yards. Now, you lost by six points. If you don't turn the ball over one drive, that's that, that's game. One drive. Yes. You, you just had to put it together one drive. So, in theory, it is football's a team sport, but Lamar Jackson, you lost that game for your team. Absolutely. I agree. So, I'm, I'm going to go into a bit of some stats here in reference to this playoff run that during when the, the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Right, so, game one, four combined tackles, two pass deflections, zero forced fumbles, and zero interceptions. Game two, two combined tackles, one pass deflection, zero forced fumbles, zero interceptions. Game three, nine combined tackles, one pass deflection, one forced fumble, and zero interceptions. That was the AFC Championship game. Okay. Super Bowl, two combined tackles, and zeros across the board there. So this totals out to 17 combined tackles, four pass deflections, one forced fumble, and zero interceptions. Not a bad okay. stat line. Not a bad stat line. That's Bernard Pollard. Okay, now I'm going to go to Ed Reed here. Playoff game number one, five combined tackles, two pass deflections, zero forced fumbles, zero interceptions. Game two, three combined tackles, zero pass deflections, zero forced fumbles, zero interceptions. Game three, which is the AFC championship game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Against the Patriots, I might add, two combined tackles, zero pass deflections, zero forced fumbles, Mm -hmm. zero interceptions. Okay. Now we're gonna go to the uh, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl here, and this is this is this is where he looks a little great, right? Five combined tackles, mm-hmm. one pass deflection, mm-hmm. no force force fumbles, yep. and one interception for six yards. Yeah, not bad, not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Okay, so that totals out to be fifteen combined tackles, three pass deflections, and one interception. This is why I say that Ooh. Bernard Pollard had the better. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree with that. I mean, it definitely. I mean, when you break it down, obviously, you know, Ed Reed stepped up. Big players make big plays, right? Every step that when it mattered. But uh, I mean, to me, Pollard had the better run. Yeah, yeah, he had the better run. Okay, now this is why I say Bernard Pollard, even though the stats show that, but this is why I also say that he had the better run in the AFC Championship game. Bernard Pollard knocked the snot out of the running back, Ridley, and forced a fumble. It led to the game-winning drive to seal the game against the Patriots. Once again, big players make big plays. Mm. But according to Lamar Jackson, you know, he, he, he didn't know. He just, he just lived in the shadows of Ed Reed. I, it, it just it just mind-boggling to me. I I know who Bernard Pollard was. I knew when he was with the Titans. I'm gonna I mean, tell you what. Anybody I'm... really remembers Bernard Pollard? He is the guy that changed the rule for quarterbacks. <laughs> the he guy that the... the guy that made Tom Brady have to sit down and watch a season. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna tell you what. This... I know a lot of players back then, and, and honestly, it's only probably because I played Madden football. I draft. I mean, I had when I fantasy drafted some franchises. I had Pollard on my team. You best bet. I mean, the dude. I do. I think he's ever going to be a Hall of Famer. No, and I don't no. think it's for the stat wise. I think it's just unfortunately he lived behind big name players. Um, and there's no denying Ed Reed. There's, there's no. no. He's a he's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah. Um, there's no denying Ed Reed. I mean, so okay then. Based off all that, Zach, you you obviously you're watching, you're hearing it, right? Um, do you think Jackson was out of line for those comments? Or, I mean, the man's been dealing with disrespect, honestly, since he got into the league. Um, do you feel like those comments were warranted? Or do you feel like, you know, it was a little uncalled for for going towards a uh, Pollard like that? It was uncalled for. Being honest, I mean, the the main thing that comes down to the NFL, yeah, it's wins, but it's also, do you have a ring? Lamar does not have a ring. That is true. He tries to do too much with himself being a dual-threat quarterback, but the thing about being a dual-threat quarterback is you have to make throws. 
Lamar literally can't make throws. His stats gets worse. So much as you pointed out that stat line during that playoff game, one touchdown with four interceptions. He just can't make the throw. That's why he always goes straight. He doesn't check down just like Mm -hmm. Pollard was pointing out. It's called check, check. Oh, wait, never mind. You don't know how to do that. No, because he (laughs) wants to bring the ball down and take off running. I was out of, out of line with that whole situation. I mean, Jackson's stats get worse and worse, too. We talked about this a little bit last week. I think Vince and I did. Uh, I know we talked about it on the phone multiple times. And uh, I know we've had multiple conversations when we worked together with old Vincent T. uh, About how Jackson is just getting worse and worse. Um, To me, it's like the Wildcat offense, right? When the Wildcat offense, when the Dolphins came in there, they were smacking people in the mouth. And no one knew how to stop it. Right, give him a season, and it went away. It's the whole thing where the NFL will learn your game. You bring something new, something unseen, maybe for a while, they'll learn your game and they will shut you down. Um, it's just it's just how the NFL is, and like I said, he's getting worse and worse, which leads me kind of in the next topic. Uh, we'll talk I about. I was gonna this. throw one fact out if that was okay. What you got? What you got? Off. Okay. I got one. I got one interesting fact here. You know okay, I love so them. We're, we're we're talking about full seasons, right? Um, oh yeah. Because that, that that's how you're going to measure a quarterback, right? So Lamar didn't he didn't play a full season last year, right? No. So we're going to go with the 2020 season. Okay. Okay, guys, are y'all ready for this one? Let me hear. Joe Burrow. Oh man, Joe Cool. Let's go, Mister Joe Cool. Threw 69 yards more. Um, than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I did see this stat. 69 yards more. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. Now, Lamar Jackson played a full season there. This oh, is the kicker. God. Joe Burrow only played 10. Oh, my God. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Ugh. Just throwing that out there. I will say the other big thing about Lamar, if you want to do a comparison, even with me being a Carolina Panthers fan, yeah, he... he I enjoyed having him there, but if you look at Lamar Jackson and put him next to Cam Newton, if Ew. you really look at it, Cam Newton, his first like two, maybe three seasons with the Panthers before the Super Bowl run, he was able to run the ball and pass the ball. If you look at Lamar Jackson, his first like two seasons, he was able to pass the ball, run the ball, but then... Further along, if you paid attention, Cam Newton got to the point where he couldn't throw no more, but he could still break off big runs. Lamar Jackson, he's at that point where he's not able to make the throws. He relies on his run game. Mm-hmm. He takes off running. That's where he got all his stuff. So to me, that's my comparison to Lamar Jackson in this era is Cam Newton. Because they both started great being able to pass and run, and then their arm just completely fell off, and all they could do is run the ball. So that leads me to the next topic here. So, I mean, since you brought that up, um, obviously Lamar Jackson, uh, we know they're not going to let him out of there, right? Um, I don't think anybody else is going to pick him up, but I could tell you that the Ravens are probably not going to let him out there. But I'm just going to throw some stats out. The, there was a thing thrown out that no big name wide receivers want to go play for Baltimore. Um, and then Vince, you sent me this stat as we talked about it. There has never been a wide receiver that had a Pro Bowl season for the Baltimore Ravens, um, which was mind-boggling to me after you sent me this, Vince. So I did a little look. In, in history. In history of their franchise. So I did a little looking into it, right? Um, and I, I'm thinking there's no way that can be true, right? Um, I went back 10 years. Or, well, we'll start the last three. The last three years, they've had two receivers over the 1,000-yard mark in three years. Uh, in the last 10 years, they've only had five over the 1,000-yard mark. Now, to put that in perspective, right, um, they only have one over 1,300 yards in the last 10 years. But rookie Justin Jefferson two years ago, right, put up 1,400-plus yards as a rookie Yikes. this year. We broke Odell's record that year, right? Yeah, he broke the record. Um, this year, he put up 1,600 receiving yards. 
right? So this man's been in the league two years, and he has Kirk Cousins throwing to him. And then I'm going to do you one more. Rookie Jamar Chase had your boy Joe Cool throwing to him, and he got over 1,400 yards, and he's a rookie. So that's two rookies in two years that have gotten more yards than any Ravens receiver in the last 10 years. So, I mean, real, real quick, Vince, Zach, uh, whichever one of you gentlemen want to talk first, what uh, do you think there's some truth to that, that no receiver, no big-name receiver wants to play for Baltimore? That's solely the fact on if you go back even to the days when the Ravens won, uh, when Ray Lewis won his first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Who was the quarterback? Was it Trent Dilfer? Oh, yes, sir. That's a, that's a, was, that, that had to dig in the memory bank a little deep there now. Yeah, it was, it was Trent Dilfer that was the quarterback. I mean, he, I, don't get me wrong, he had a good run there, but their offense is predicated off of running. When they won their second uh, um, Super Bowl, their offense was predicated off of running. Don't get me wrong, you had Torrey Smith there, you had Jacoby Jones, you had big old Anquan Bolden. But mm. those guys that, that, Bolden's a, he's a possession receiver. Okay. Um, it, it, you just, I mean, you don't really have anybody that, I mean, I just don't see anybody becoming a, a pro bowler in that system. Today's, today's offense for them, Greg Roman, is predicated off the run. It's just got extended to the quarterback. Uh, I mean, since you're talking about old Anquan Bolden, before we toss it over to Zach, I'll go ahead and give you this. While Anquan Bolden was in Baltimore for those three years, he never broke a thousand yards. Uh, Zach, what's your thought on this? Do you, I mean, do you think there's truth to no big name wide receivers? Because uh, Brown said when he did that, he said, "Man, leave my boy alone." That's not true, but I think there's some truth to that. Oh yeah, I mean, what's his name? He straight up even sat there and said it. I mean, a lot of these wide receivers, they respect him in his game. Mm-hmm but they don't want to play for him because he relies on his run game. He, he can't true. throw the ball. He, he's, he's not capable of it. If he's throwing the ball, he needs to go to a team that is real quick on mostly play action, short little five and ins, five and outs, mm-hmm. maybe some slants and stuff like that. If you're doing something, anything past like eight to 15 yards, yeah. you can kiss that game goodbye. It, it's <laughs> not happening. Yeah, I mean... and. Just to throw it out there for Anquan, when he what it, what was it? He played nine seasons over there with the Cardinals, thousand yards just about every single season he was there, and then he came over to Baltimore. Yeah, maybe but I mean, besides him getting hurt, um, yeah, it was on his falling out years. Like he he was old, but he was like a Larry Fitzgerald. He was a solid go to, like guaranteed. I'm going to catch the ball. I may not get a lot of yards, but I'm a for sure catch for you. Just like. Uh, Tom Brady with uh, what's his name uh, Rob Gronkowski majority of the time he's not going to get a lot of yards but he's a number one target for him to be able to catch the ball what if I told you his next two seasons after he left Baltimore were both over a thousand yards both seasons after he left Baltimore what team was it that was San Francisco yeah but I'd take Jimmy G over Lamar yeah that was a four Jimmy G to be honest with you I don't even know who threw him the ball back then but uh, I do know a certain first sergeant in the Marine Corps that would probably know that. But, um, well. Oh, I, I can take a look at it. Give me a second. <laughs> Is it Alex Smith? Yeah. Alex Smith. Been. It was Alex Smith. Well, was it, wasn't he there for one season with uh, Colin Kaepernick on their Super Bowl run? Yeah. Uh, I think that's when um, Kaepernick took over for him. So. Yeah. Well, uh that's pretty much that's pretty much it for the for the news, right? We're gonna watch how some of these things play out. Uh, it, it should be pretty interesting. We got uh, the NFL ranking top QBs, top running backs, and top wide receivers. So uh, this list was compiled by ESPN through executives, coaches, analysts, stuff like that, and we're gonna kind of go through. You know, fairly quick. I'm going to read the list to y'all gentlemen. And uh, I would like y'all to tell me who you think was too high and who you think was too low, right? So, Vince, we'll start with you. Uh, we'll go ahead and run through the quarterbacks. But ESPN ranked Aaron Rodgers uh, for Green Bay, obviously. 
the Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, the Bills quarterback Josh Allen, uh, Tampa Bay's quarterback Tom Brady, Cincinnati Joe Burrow, the Rams Matt Stafford, Chargers Justin Herbert, the new Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson, the new Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, and the Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Who do you think is, you know, not getting a, a, a fair shake and who's getting a little too much? All right, I'll tell you this right now. Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers need to switch places. Wow, okay. Um, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow need to switch places. There's no way in hell I'm disrespecting a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Hmm. Over the, the over the quarterback they beat, I, mean, he did I, beat I can't him. do that. Um, and, and then, as we talked before earlier, I'm taking Deshaun Watson out of there. Uh-huh. I'm moving Dak Prescott up, and I'm putting Derek Carr at 10. Now, do you take Deshaun Watson out for the sheer fact that he did not play last year? Yes. I don't know what he got. I mean, because we know, know he has the talent, but is he rusty? Is he – I mean, we don't well, know. I mean, you got to take it that he didn't play last year, but also – He's almost guaranteed another year suspension with maybe a little bit of probation on the following year with the Cleveland Browns. So there may be a chance that he's missing at least 24 games before he's on the field. Exactly. Well, so then on that topic then, uh, Zach, who, who are you who are you buying and who are you selling in this uh, in this lineup? I'll, I'll just give you my top 12 rundown. Top this is my top okay, 12. okay, what do you got? In this order, correct? Yes, the order I'm about to read will be from 1 to 12. Okay. On okay. my basis. All right. My understanding of looking at the teams, who they have to throw to, all that type. Okay, okay. Um, with how strong they are, I will say Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. Ooh. I will put Dak Prescott at 5. Or four, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and then for my twelfth one or eleventh one, I'd actually put Jalen Hurts over Lamar Jackson. Whoa! I'm gonna tell you right now that is uh, each each episode we get a uh, hot take. Uh, and Vince has to write it down so he can remember later. Vince, I'm gonna need you to go uh, ahead and write that one down because oh my god, Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't even in the top three. You put Herbert above Aaron Rodgers? Yes, because if you look at it, look look at the receivers that Rodgers has to throw to. After but, he lost Devontae Adams, who's pretty much his guaranteed like twelve to thirteen hundred yards every season. Nobody has really posted a thousand yard season season. Most of them stayed around like seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred yards or below, with only about four to six touchdowns at most. Now with Devontae Adams gone, I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers being able to find that receiver or tight end this season to make him higher than top five. Mm. You wrote that down, right, Vince? I wrote that down, but remember, I wrote my mind down about Aaron Rodgers last last week too. Uh, yeah, I, don't worry, I ain't forgot about it. I got a little recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, so whew, that's a wild one. I can't wait. Let's uh, let's roll into the running backs then, and I'll give you your chance to go first, Zach. Uh, I'm excited to hear it. So, ESPN uh, put the the top running backs out there, and uh, they got Derrick Henry. For the Tennessee Titans, the Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, Browns running back Nick Chubb, Vikings running back Dalvin Cook, Saints Alvin Kamara, the Bengals Joe Mixon, your Carolina Panthers Christian McCaffrey, Steelers Najee Harris, Packers Aaron Jones, and then Javante Williams. I don't even know who Javante Williams plays for. I'm not going to lie to you. Do, I mean, do y'all know who Javante Williams plays for? He plays for the Broncos. Does he? Hmm. I've never. I I, I don't, I don't want to throw no no disrespect on his name. I've never heard of him. Hey, he's a pro athlete here. I am just doing yeah. a podcast, so I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll take your word for it, bro. I'm, I'm not. They say you're in the top, and you're in the top ten. 
Yeah, I mean, he was a rookie last year, but he accumulated, I think, four touchdowns, uh, yards per game, about 60. He got about 903 yards last year as a rookie. Uh, What was it? Uh, I think he came from the Tar Heels. And you're telling me that he is better than, and I'm I'm not high on him, but he's better than Zeke Elliott. I mean, he's better than all these... I'm just hard pressed to to see that he is that much better than. I, I got I, I got one for you. I got one for you. You ready for this? Check this stat out here. What you got? Him and Melvin Gordon literally split the same amount of carry uh-huh. last year. And that's that's to me. Melvin Gordon is the starting running back for the Denver Broncos. That's in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. They had about like two hundred a piece. I think two two three a piece. Okay, okay. No, so Melvin uh, Gordon rushed for 918. Javante Williams, 903. Ooh, okay, okay. Well, hey, I better put some respect on his name then. Hey, hey, you got it, bro. <laughs> hey. uh, they, they pretty much, if you take it, they actually, the way he ran the ball, like uh, if I could sit there, if there was a way to post up highlights and stuff like that, there was some games where he literally looked like Marshawn Lynch. You know how Marshawn Lynch, like that game against the the Saints or whatever, where he broke through pretty much ten tackles to oh, score a touchdown it. in the uh, championship game. You know, I like to watch any stat that the Saints get embarrassed on. So continue. <laughs> well, Javante Adams or Javante Williams, if you look at some of his rookie highlights, mm-hmm. he'd sit there and break like two or three tackles at the line of scrimmage and carry somebody on his back for like another ten to fifteen yards. Okay, then. So then, based off that list that was that was passed out there, Zach, who are you buying and selling? Do you got me any more hot takes or? Uh... What would you guys want? Would you like maybe <laughs> my top ten or like top fifteen? Ooh, 15's a little deep. 15's a little deep. Let's just go top ten. Let's go top ten. I'm gonna tell you right With now. How- if you don't say Derrick Henry number one, uh, I can't even take the rest of them serious. To be honest. Uh oh. How this dude played last year? Uh oh. Just he's more mixed in the run and the pass game. I'd take Jonathan Taylor number one. You know over what? Derrick Henry. I'm not going to be mad at you for that, honestly. I'm not going to be mad at you for that one because Derrick Henry is a monster. And but To throw another one at you, with him still being young, probably like four years in the league, five, I would take pretty much another person just like Taylor. So I'd actually take Austin Eckler for that. at second huh. over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry would be my number three. Wow. Um, and I have Dalvin Cook. Uh, I'd actually take the way he played last year. I'd actually take Najee Harris and how what's his name played for the Bengals. I'd take Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. There it is. Yes, with me being a Panthers fan, if he comes back healthy, I'd take Christian McCaffrey. I'd take Javante Williams. Then I'd take Alvin Kamara. Just a real quick rundown. Probably Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery. Uh, depending on his these these two guys' injuries, but uh, I'd actually put Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, and then I'd throw in Cam Akers and uh, Saquon Barkley. The only reason I say Saquon up there is he is on his final year of his rookie contract. He's been injured pretty much the last two three seasons, so he literally has to have a breakout season for him to get an actual solid running back contract. I'm gonna tell you right now, Zach. I'm going to keep this recording midway through the season. I'm going to put it up. And I promise you this. If your list carries any weight, I'm going to give you a shout out. Because I did not have that like that. Uh, Me personally, I think the list is pretty straightforward. You could probably possibly switch Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Um, The one that jumps out at to me is Joe Mixon. Uh, This kid is a stud. And you got him down at number six. I I think Dalvin yeah. Cook is one of those quiet giants. But I, to me, I, I, I have to put Joe Mixon in number four and bump everybody else down. The only reason I put McCaffrey down so low is because literally in the last two seasons, he's missed 23 games that, because of injury. That is a lot. 
So with with that being said, Vince, what is a? I mean, are you do you got a wild list for me too, or are you pretty aligned with ESPN just making some changes here and there? No, he's uh, aligned with Tyson. First, first thing I do is uh, get Alvin Kamara out of there because the only way he's playing is if he's playing on the longest yard. Um, the oh, yeah, I forgot. He, he had that thing where he possibly possibly go to jail, ain't he? Yeah. Yep. He's yes. playing on the longest yard. That's, that's the only place he's playing. <laughs> okay, so Alvin's out of there. All I'll right. take Alvin all the way out of there. So I'm going to go, hear me out here, Jonathan Taylor. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to go Nick Chubb. I'm going to go Joe Mixon after. For him? Oh my God! Okay, Dalvin Cook. Oh my God! I haven't heard King Henry. King Henry. There it is. There it is. Whew. Christian McCaffrey. I'm taking Aaron Jones all the way out of there. Really? Yeah, I'm not okay. a fan of him. I think he's. I, I think... like versatility. So, and 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 I okay. echo what okay. you're saying with Saquon Barkley typing. He has to have a breakout year. I'm going to tell you right now, people are talking, and, and he, of course, is an anonymous person who said this quote, but uh, he said, Barkley does not know how to run. He said he doesn't know how to play running back. That was his exact words. He said, in the NFL, you can't just have every play be a home run. you got to be happy with taking those three- to four-yard runs and Barkley doesn't know how to do that. And and honestly, I never heard it kicked that way, but I can't disagree. So, yeah, but yeah, that's 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 my list. I, I don't uh and, and obviously Javante Williams. I'm 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 leaving him in there. But uh now that I know that name and uh see them stats, I can't argue with that. Yeah, well, I mean, if the guy was running if he was a every down back without Melvin Gordon there, I mean, he would have had a monster season. He had a monster season. I, I, would, I, would, I would dare to say he have an eighteen hundred yard season. I'd say more around season, maybe though. like three hundred rushes, maybe three twenty five with about fourteen fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, that's fair. And that's I could a very good season. I could see him with them being a rookie. Yeah, I about to say I could see him breaking the rookie rushing record. Well, oh oh oh, oh well, what you got? With that being said, Shady, does that change your pick from last week? In what place the Broncos come in? In the AFC West. Not at all. I stand behind what I said. All right, so that brings us to our next topic then. The top 10 wide receivers. And again, this is from ESPN's poll that they did. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I disagree with this one. At least right. right from the start. But they have Devontae Adams as their number one. Okay. Right? Uh, the new Raiders wide yeah. receiver, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm writing these down, so can you go a little slow for me? Yes, sir. We got a Cooper Cup for the L.A. Rams there. The Triple Crown winner last year won every stat that matters for wide receiver last year. Uh, they were the top three, rather. Uh, they have him as number two. That's one I disagree on. I think, obviously, you, you, if you're the Triple Crown winner wide receiver, you're number one, but that's just my opinion. They have number three, Jamar Chase for the Bengals. Number four, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. And, I mean, I think Justin Jefferson's in front of Jamar Chase, honestly. But uh, they have Tyreek Hill, fifth. Stephon Diggs, sixth. DeAndre Hopkins, seven. Mike Evans for Tampa Bay, eight. Debo Samuels. For the 49ers, number nine, and DK Metcalf rounding it out for the Seahawks, number 10. Now, I disagree with Debo as well. I, I think he's better than Mike Evans last year. I mean, that dude's a, a Swiss Army knife. How do you rank him? How do you rank him so low down the list, in my opinion? But uh, that's just my thoughts. So, so based off that list, Vince, um, are you buying that list or, or, or you think there are issues? Because to me, I think you got a lot of the right names, but a lot of them are in the wrong places. So what is your thought on that? I think this list is all the way jacked up. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think this list is all the way jacked up, like, to be honest. Um, I'm going to give you from one to ten. Okay. Who I have. Okay. I got Cup. As you should be. Adams. 
As he should be. Jefferson. Agreed. Chase. Yep. Hopkins. Okay. Debo. Hill. Metcalf. Diggs. And Evans. So you still have them all there, just in the wrong place. They are. That's why I said it's jacked up. Yeah, I definitely don't put Evans. Uh, to me, Evans. I mean, if he inks in there, he's at the bottom, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there was there was a lot of other stud wide receivers, and obviously this doesn't account for tight ends as well. It's just wide receivers. But to me, he if he gets number ten, he barely gets in. Right. I definitely agree with the top four picks right off the bat with you. The the rest of them, I could see them. I'm not necessarily against them. I'm not necessarily for them, but uh, I, I'm sold on the first four. I mean, you you ain't got to do no convincing with, when it comes to me with that. So, Zach, what's your thoughts? I mean, I know you probably got another wild list for me. Well, I mean, do you think this list is accurate, or is it just all over the place? It's it's a little over the place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'll just break to it. Um, Cooper Cup guaranteed number one. Thank you. He just does too much for that offense. He's pretty much like the old school. Uh, uh, what the hell was his name? Don't say Jerry Rice. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about a uh, little short dude for the Patriots. Darren Sproles? Walker. No, Walker. Darren Sproles, the running back. Oh, what head? No, no, I'm talking Why? about wide receivers. No, wide receivers. Running back. Who Tom Brady threw Amendola. to all the time. Edelman. Amendola. Yeah, Julian Edelman. There it is. We'll oh, get him a minute. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Because he was that guaranteed guy that was, uh, that that was always there. He was what eleven, twelve years with Brady or whatever, yeah, and old, he was that go-to guy. That was old Tom Terrific's um, boy. Just because he's younger and he has, just from what I've seen from those two quarterbacks, he has a little bit better of a quarterback situation where he's at. I'd actually take Justin Jefferson at number two and Devontae Adams at number three. So wait, and pause, go, pause just for a minute. Pause what? just for a minute. So you you think that Justin Jefferson's quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is better than Derek Carr? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can sit there and debate different ways with it. Derek Carr really hasn't had much of a group of guys to throw to pretty much the last four seasons. And he had a few moments where he was just not very accurate. Yes, Devontae Adams is going to help that out a lot. I just think Kirk Cousins is going to do better than Derek Carr with Justin Jefferson than Derek Carr with Devontae Adams. I mean, can we put a little respect on Darren Waller's name? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Darren Waller, yeah, but he's a tight end. Like, that was his main go-to guy. Like, he, to me, honestly, he's like a – a big Mike Evans type player. Like he's that great go-to guy that's got all the hops you need, has the speed that he can get down the field when need be. But other than that, who, who's out there? Hunter Renfro? Is that who's out there for the wide receiver I mean, for yeah, the Raiders? I mean, he, he, Besides yeah. Devontae? Yeah, that's the only name that I remember. That's the only name that's ringing a bell with right me. Look at that to see, but I, I really do. I don't. Yeah, I don't know these guys. I'm gonna tell you what I, I still. <laughs> Matt I Collins still... playing for the for the for the Raiders now. Wait, what? who? Matt Collins. He used to be a a, a receiver for the Eagles. Well, I about to say that's why you know that name. I uh, I still think <laughs> I still think Derek Carr is the better quarterback. I mean, he really ain't never had guys. But on this list that ESPN put out, Kirk Cousins played with two of them wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. He's never really been able to do anything. I mean, but again, I guess the argument is Derek Carr's never been able to do anything either. So I, I can see that argument. What uh, what else you got? Uh, since I so rudely stopped your list, keep on going. So we had Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, there it is. Uh, number four. Just the way he played with it being his rookie season, I'd definitely probably put Jamar Chase there. I'd honestly put Tyreek at number five just because he's one of the main guys that gets open all the time just because of his speed. Um, With how much this guy does, depending on the quarterback situation, 
Uh, Debo Samuel. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'd put A.J. Brown. There you uh, go. Stephon Diggs. D.K. Metcalf. Now, not because I'm a Panthers fan, but I'd actually put D.J. Moore up there as well because ever his rookie season all the way till now, every season with, you guys know, the quarterback situation over there, he's pretty much had like six or seven different quarterbacks, and still every single season he posts up over 1,000 yards, even though he's had so many different quarterbacks thrown to him. I feel like you're trying to convince me and Vince more than anything. No, but I'm just saying just (laughs) with that that list that you gave from ESPN, I'd actually put DJ Moore up there as being one of those sleeper guys that nobody's really given a lot of credit to when he's, like I said, put over a thousand yards rookie season coming in Mm -hmm. where he had two different quarterbacks, and then his following season had three different quarterbacks thrown to him, and then the next season still had another three different quarterbacks throwing to him. So who do you and then take I'd out of that like, list then? Uh, I'd have, like, Chris Godwin, uh, probably C.D. Lamb, probably at 11. I'd probably put Mike Evans and Chris Godwin around that 12-13 area, Deontay Johnson. and I mean, you can't go wrong with Speedy McLaurin. I mean, he's just insane if he gets open. But that'd be my group. A little bit different. Uh, I feel like during the wide receiving core, we could all kind of agree on relatively the top four to five. I mean, they're pretty close. They may shuffle, you know, a little bit. But to me, the number one has got to be Cooper Cup. Um, and how you how you disrespect that man like that, I I, I just honestly do not know. But. And, I mean, the main reason why DK Metcalf is low is who's going to be throwing to him this season? <laughs> hey, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm about to move to Seattle, boys. Uh, uh, y'all make sure y'all watch out for me on Sunday. I'm going to compete with uh, Drew Locke. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that is uh, that is definitely some some pretty wild takes on a couple things. I can't wait to see how this episode ages. Um, but with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and begin to wrap this show up. But before we kind of wrap it up a little bit, I, I would like to take this opportunity um, to kind of give a shout out. We, obviously, as as most of y'all out there know, we just started this podcast. Um, and... We have a uh, a page that we take donations to help out with the show and the cost um, and stuff like that. And today, somebody, uh, they remained anonymous, but somebody donated the first donation to the show to help keep us open and running. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank you out there uh, if you hear this show. Uh, if not, hey, one day I hope you do hear it and realize that we are uh, extremely grateful for every little bit. So I appreciate that. Um, gentlemen, thank y'all for coming on the show. Um, Vince. Yeah, you pretty much take us as the average Joe late night show. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so uh, Jonathan, we, we not doing an interesting fact? Oh, hi. You, you, boy, you was just about to let me go miss that one. Okay, okay. I'm going to tell you what, if you do an interesting fact about my Atlanta Falcons, I can promise you you're not coming on for episode three. This ain't got nothing to do about football. Okay, what you got then? Let me hear it. Let me hear it. I'm, I got a football one because you know I'm all about it. So what you got for me? Okay. At the age of 17, Kobe Bryant's parents had to co-sign his contract with the Lakers. He was able to sign his own contract when he turned 18 before the season began. He signed a three-year rookie contract worth $3.5 million. Wow. Hey, that was a pretty good stat. I got a crazy one for you. So, like I said, you know I love football. And you know I'm an Atlanta Falcon fan. So, here is one for you. So, back when the Atlanta Falcons had Michael Vick as their quarterback, they went into Green Bay to play the Green Bay Packers. And at that time, Michael Vick made a bet with John Madden, the late great. And he told John Madden, he said, if I beat the Packers, you put me on the cover of Madden. 
Well, John Madden said, sure, why not? It had never happened in NFL history. The Packers had never lost at home in the playoffs in their franchise history. Michael Vick and the Falcons went on to beat the Packers to move on in the playoffs. So that's just a little crazy fact for you. That's uh, how Michael Vick ended up being on the cover of Madden that year. So that's a little something you can bring out later. All right. Well, with that, everybody, um, thank you for listening. Vince, thank you for coming out. Again, hey, everybody, uh, if you're into streaming, take the opportunity or, or watching people stream. Take the opportunity. Go check out uh, Vince, Day Day's World, D-A-E-D-A-E-S. W-O-R-L-D, right? Check him out. Um, he streams all kind of different games. He's always on there. Very interactive with the people. Pop in, say hello to him. He's not going to ignore you. He's out there. they got great content on there. They also have DFAM Gaming. That's D-F-A-M. So check them out. Uh, events, I appreciate you coming out here and, and helping us out. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, look forward to further podcast that i can provide some some good content to this podcast also zach thank you for coming on the podcast today uh you gave us some some definitely some hot takes for the show so uh definitely appreciate that i will be seeing how this episode ages though but again thank you for coming out tonight no problem i'll be here every day <laughs> Uh, all right well with that we want to thank you for listening uh go on there follow us on our social medias hey if you're feeling generous go ahead and donate anything helps us out and uh stay tuned next week for episode three 